Well, good evening, church. There's more than three people in the room, so we're going to try that again. Good evening, church. How you guys doing? You awake? Beautiful weekend in Chicago. It's sunny. It's gorgeous. What an amazing time, though, to be in church. Such an honor to have you guys here tonight. Uh, as we continue in this series called The In-Between, uh, I feel I, it was amazing. Who was here last weekend? Was anybody here last week? It was awesome service to have Pastor Charles here uh, from Chicago City Life. Just bless us with that. Sometimes it's awkward in the middle. Sometimes it's a little awkward and uncomfortable when you're in the middle and you're in the waiting upon God to move. But man, how encouraging is it? Even in the middle, just do the right thing. Just choose the right stuff. And tonight we're going to talk about a, a, a passage of scripture that was really just came to life to me this, this week as I was studying. And uh, how many of you know it's been a busy, hectic week? Me? Just me? It's been, a, it's been one of those weeks. You ever have one of those weeks? It's just a lot going on, a lot happening. And this scripture jumped out at me right at the beginning of the week. Thank God. Thank God. In a busy, chaotic, nuts week, uh, my wife and I are moving. We have to move tomorrow morning, bright and early. So uh, we've been packing and just kind of just the stuff with church. But, man, how many of you know you can get a word from God and from Scripture, and it can carry you for days upon days upon days, months upon months upon months. And I, I read this, and, it, and this, this word embrace came out, just jumped out in the middle. There's a word that sticks out to me, and it's embrace. And tonight's message is entitled Embrace the Season. Embrace the middle. Embrace the season that God has. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open them up to Galatians chapter 6. I need my notes. 6, 7 through 9. Let me just give you a little background of what's going on here before we read it, because I think it's always helpful uh, to know what's being said here and why it's being talked about here. This is the New Testament. Paul is writing. Paul is a hero of the faith. Many of you have known this if you've grown up in church, but Paul was not always a good dude. That's the scandalous nature of God's grace. Paul took a dude that was far from him, actually was completely against him, and said, you're going to lead my people, you're going to do some amazing things for my church and my kingdom. Paul wrote a lot of what the New Testament's about and pretty much built the church to where it is today. Without Paul, I believe some of this stuff would not be here today. I just believe that. Paul's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Paul reminds me a lot about me. But thank God that God's grace reached them. So Paul pens some words to the church there in Galatia, and he's telling them basically what it means to have spiritual freedom through grace. At that time, and what Paul's writing against is there's some leaders of the Jewish community there that are teaching and preaching some stuff that's a little bit more religious than relationship. Can I just say that with you guys, your family? They were preaching some stuff of, hey, follow the old law, Follow the way that it used to be before Jesus came and divided the curtain, divided everything and said, no longer is it going to be this way. We're going to follow after Jesus. And Paul says, hey, listen, church here, don't forget about what Jesus did. Don't worry about what those guys are saying, trying to get you where you should be, where they think you should be. Let's go where Jesus wants you to go. And it's through grace, through freedom and grace. Anybody thankful for the grace of God on your life? You can put your hands together. I don't care if it's a small crowd. If you're sitting in this room, you should put your hands together. You should daily... Let me just say this. You should daily thank God for the grace that's in your life. I was listening to those words, and we'll get to my sermon and get to the, the scripture in a second. But I was, I was listening to those words, and Jordan and I were talking this week. And, you know, they say gold and silver, you can have it. Basically, you can, you can take everything that I have. All I want. You know, I just wonder, even in this room, if, if that's how we're living, 
If that's what we're living for, in a small family setting like this, y'all family, if you're new here, welcome, part of the family, welcome home. But I just wonder, if, if you sing those words, do you know the weight that's behind them? Do I know the weight that's behind it? Gold and silver, take it. Everything that you have, have in your life, just take it. All I want is you. I want a heart abandon. I want a grace. I want your grace daily. I want your grace. When you start to really get that deep in your heart, I'm telling you, your relationship with Jesus goes from here through the roof. Through the roof. So that's tonight. I guess it's a little side message to the message. But Paul's talking about grace through freedom. And he's saying in the middle, embrace the season because his grace is being poured out on you in this season. Paul's telling us that if we embrace this, the grace of God will carry us through the season of life that we're walking through. I think we as people, if we just embrace the grace, God's grace will carry us through. So you guys have your Bibles or your phones. It's going to be up on the screen. It's Galatians. This is short, short scriptures, verse 7 through 9. Paul's writing this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, that gold and silver, that gold and silver that we were singing about, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Thank you, Paul, for those encouraging words. Praise God. Paul was no games. He did not play around. Whoever sows to please the Spirit... From the Spirit will reap eternal life. And this is what we're going to focus on tonight. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus, these are your words. And we thank you, Father, that you've put them here for us to discover, to grow, to be challenged in. I pray in the name of Jesus tonight that every heart is open, that every ear is open, Father, to listen, to receive from your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak through me. I pray, Father, that this this comes out the way you want it to. Challenge us, grow us, stretch us, impact us. Father, we're here to hear from you, not me. We're here to be with you, Jesus. So we love you and we trust you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Embrace the season. When I was writing this, I mentioned to you guys how embrace kind of jumped out of me. But, you know, as you kind of get along with God, you start to hear some different things. And there was another word that was jumping out to me, and it was endure. There was embrace, and then there was this word endure. And as I was writing this and trying to discover what God is saying and what he wants to say, you know, I almost used the word endure. Endure the season. But then it hit me as I went to the dictionary. Thank God for the the great dictionary, Webster, my buddy. As I was reading it, endure was not the right definition that I think Paul's talking about here. Embracing. Because you know enduring things, like you just got to endure it while it's lasting. Like basically you just got to be like, man, I got to take this on the chin as this is happening. You know what I'm talking about. Like enduring something, like you know when you got to go to that crazy aunt's house and have dinner with her. And like you don't really want to be there, but you got to go. Like, you got to endure what your parents are telling you you got to do. Yeah, you're putting on those wool sweaters that grandma gets you at Christmas because you have to endure it for grandma. You know what I'm talking about. That's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about embracing a moment, embracing the season, taking it and saying, I will embrace you. Embrace 
means literally sometimes just hugging. Take it in. Take it all in. Sometimes embracing stuff, though, can be a struggle. Sometimes we as, as followers of, of Jesus, or just in life, sometimes when you're embracing some things, it's hard. Right? Has anybody ever had a hard season that you've had to embrace in life? Maybe you're walking in here right now with the hard season you're embracing. I don't know. I don't know what season you're in today. God knows. But this is for everybody. No matter what season you're in, on the mountain or in the valley, he's here and he's going to work in you. But the embracing, sometimes it's hard. I don't know about you, but I hate the dentist. I absolutely hate going to the dentist. Anybody like the dentist in here? Wow, really? No, there's no way. My wife was reading my sermon today, and she goes, JP, no, I love going to the dentist. My dentist is amazing. He's such a good guy. I love him. He's awesome. He's supported me all through my high school career of going on mission trips. I go, it doesn't matter. It still hurts. You don't love the dentist. You don't love sitting in the seat. Maybe if you do, I'm sorry. But for me, I don't like going. I just got a text recently, and that's what spawned my brain to think about this, that, hey, you're due for your dental appointment. I was like, praise God, I'd rather chew on leather. Like, I don't want to go to the dentist. Because you know when you get to that seat, when you're there, they start to pry your mouth open. Sometimes they put those little things in your mouth. There's that game out today. I don't even know. What is that game called where you have to say words and you got the thing in your mouth? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's ridiculously funny. But that thing spreads your mouth open, and you're sitting there for 45 minutes to an hour. You like that. I don't like that. I don't like it at all when they start to drill, when they start to dig, and they start to scrape. It kind of hurts. It's kind of uncomfortable. The noises also don't help. They don't. But you know that we need to go to the dentist. If you don't go to the dentist, you're going to be going to see somebody because you're going to be needing some new teeth. Like, we know we got to go to the dentist and we got to get our teeth clean. We got to make sure that they're right or else a root canal is going to happen, a cavity is going to happen. Things are going to start to happen in your teeth that were never meant to be there. But you got to sit sometimes in the dentist chair and just embrace it. You got to embrace it. You got to be like, yep, take it, dentist. I'm here with you. I'm hugging you. I'm holding you. Because sometimes the nurse is holding my hand, just JP, breathe. We got 10 minutes left. Just hold on tight. All they're doing is just using fluoride and just cleaning them. I'm like screaming. I'm a baby. I know. Pray for me. It's true, my aunt says. Praise God for family. But sometimes you just got to embrace the moments because even in the pain and in the stretching of the mouth or the stretching of life in these moments of the in-between, the middle of the promise and the promise being fulfilled, the things that you know God wants for you and you're not there yet, in that moment there's stretching, there's some discomfort. But it's a moment that needs to be embraced. I want to say this to you guys. I want to read it because I wrote it, and I really feel like it needs to be heard by somebody. God's best season is ahead of you. His best season for your life is ahead of you. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are in this room, his best season is still ahead of you. Whatever season you're in right now, God still has you. He still has you. He has you right here in the palm of his hand. That's like one of the greatest promises to me, that he holds you in the palm of his hand. Praise God for that. He is claiming you as his sons and daughters. Right now, today, even right now, no matter what season, no matter what you're walking into, with, with, in, into this room with, no matter what, he's still saying, you're my son. 
You're my daughter. I'm pleased with you. I'm for you. The best season is ahead of you. He's also saying even though you're walking through a season of life that right now feels like you're in the valley. I feel like in my life sometimes I'm in a season where I'm in the valley. And the valley's good sometimes. (laughs) But the word says in Psalms that even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk, praise God that it doesn't say even though I'm staying in the valley. God maybe want to let you know that tonight. That you may be in a season of life right now, and you need to embrace it, and you need to know, man, I'm really walking through a valley right now. I'm really walking, but if I just keep stepping, if I just keep stepping, if I keep walking, I'm going to get through this valley. But we got to embrace it. we got to embrace the valley. we got to embrace the season of life because Paul talks about there's good things to follow. If you embrace it, there's good things to follow. His grace is happening in the middle of your life right now. You can say amen. Church, this isn't, we're family here tonight. This is good news. In the middle, we can embrace the seasons of life. We all know that seasons change. We go from winter to what? Spring. Everyone, spring? Is it spring? Is it, are we sure it's spring? Sometimes in Chicago, it feels like winter right to summer. We go from seasons to season, and I love, as I was studying this quote, because it's going to happen. Seasons are going to change, especially in Chicago. We're not going to stay in summer all year, all year round. As much as I pray, Lord, change this, bring something, dismiss the winter for one year, and I know you're real. I pray those prayers. Pray for a brother. But we know it's guaranteed to change. A.W. Tozer says this, and it's going to be on the screen because it's a lot, but this is powerful. This is profound. I was reading this because I know that the seasons are going to change, but each season in your life, no matter if you're in the valley or the mountaintop, is going to bring you something different. It's going to bring you something good. You can say amen to that. And he says this, We're not much given to moralizing on natural objects, but who can fail to notice the parallel between God's great lovely world and the little tribes of flesh and blood who inhabit it? That's us. Thank you for that amazing description of who we are. Why don't I write like that? Just that imagery. It's amazing. It is not plain that every human being runs through the same stages as the seasons. Spring, the time of childhood and youth, when all the world is big with promise, a promise which later years invariably fail to keep. Summer, the period of full power when life multiplies and it is hard to believe that it can never end. Autumn, With its repose after toil, a gracious tapering off of our fuller powers, a kindly preparation for our longer rest. Winter, hmm, when the leaves have dropped away and the last sign of life has disappeared. (laughs) That's what I pray every winter comes around. My God, you have forsaken us. The leaves have fallen. But then this is what's amazing. He says this, then only faith remains to assure us that there will be for us a bright tomorrow. That's powerful. Seasons are going to change. We live in a world where seasons change. But he says it's no difference between the world of seasons of fall, winter, spring to what is going to happen in our lives. I read those things and I think, man, that's me sometimes in the spring. That's definitely me in the wintertime. Man, that's me in the summer. I'm all about it. Let's go multiplying. Let's keep doing. Let's have fun. But they're going to change. He said, but the only faith, then only faith remains to assure us that there will be a bright tomorrow. Maybe you need to hear that. 
Maybe I need to be reminded of that tonight. That in the season, if I just embrace the season of today, right now, with faith, there's going to be a bright tomorrow. There's going to be a future tomorrow. There's going to be hope tomorrow. There's going to be a plan for tomorrow. Is this making sense to you, church? Y'all are quiet. I know it's Mother Day and it's nice outside, but this is encouraging and this is good news. Then only faith. He never changes regardless of the seasons changing. It is our level of faith that we can hold on to when we embrace the season that we are in today. We have an opportunity in the season of waiting to sow into our spirits the kingdom that will, ca- will never cause destruction. To embrace the in-between and discover all that God has for us. If we grow tired in the season that we are in today and try to get out, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. See, the season you're walking in life right now, the season that I am in right now today in my journey of faith with Jesus, I don't think I'll ever get this season again. It'll be a different type of season. It'll be a different trial. It'll be a different training. It'll be a different equipping. But what I'm in right now, if I try to step out of the season and go do my own thing, because that's what we've been talking about in the between. We all try to do our own stuff. But if I step out of this season, I'll miss what God has for me in this season right now. You may miss what God has for you in this season right now if you try to step out of this training, out of this equipping, out of this season, not trusting that tomorrow will happen, not trusting that faith will arise, not trusting that he will continue to carry you. If you try to get out of this season, you may miss what he has for you today right now. We can't get out. Actually, my plea for you is to not get out. You can get out. (laughs) The reality is you can get out. But I think my plead, and I think what Paul's saying to the church there is, don't allow this anymore. Don't get out of the season of training right now. Don't get out of the season of equipping. Don't get out of the season of stretching. Don't get out of the season. Maybe it's a little bit of pain and sorrow. Don't get out of the season. I'm still with you, my child. The point here is this. The season that you're in right now, if you embrace the season, and you will honor the promise of God. If you ignore This season, you're going to ignore the promise of God. You may say that again. In this season that we're in, if we honor the season that we're in today, if you honor what God's doing in your life today, his promises are going to be honored in your life. If you try to get out of this season, you're going to avoid it. You're going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to step outside of what he has for me, what direction he has for me, how he wants to train me, and I'm going to miss it. Three things tonight. I wasn't going to preach long because we're going to pray for some people. Three things. The first is this. Don't despise it. Dwell in it. Don't despise it. Dwell in the season that he has for you right now. When you start to despise something, you want to get out of it early. When you start to despise something, you start to hate it. You start to get bitter. You start to get resentful towards it. In the season of faith, sometimes you can, at times, maybe it's just me, sometimes I think, God, where are you? Are you in this season of my life? Do you know what what I'm going through? Do you know what me and Rachel are going through? Do you know what trials we're in right now? Do you know God? And I start to despise it. I start to despise the things that I'm going through or that what he wants to show me instead of dwelling in it. See, if we were to leave the chair of that dentist too early, what would happen? Oftentimes, I want to get out of that chair. I want to run out. That moment that drill starts to kick off, I'm out. Like, peace. I'd be running out with those things in my mouth. 
I'd be running out with all sorts, that thing around my neck so I'm not spitting up because Lord knows I do it. They give me three of them because I'm yelling at them, stop. But if we stepped out of the chairs too soon, if we stepped out of the season too soon, we might leave a little dirty, a little bit more messed up. I think Paul's saying here, if we stay in it, if we stay in the chair just as long as we need to, just as long as God has you, we'll walk out clean, bright smile, pearly whites. Maybe in the season that you're in right now, if you stop despising it and dwelling it, maybe your heart will get a little bit more clean. Maybe your mind will get purified a little bit more. Maybe the grace that you need in your life will come over you a little bit more. Maybe the direction that you need for your life will become a little bit more clear. Maybe the things that you need in your life to happen will start to happen. This isn't a, hey, prosperity message, God's got a season for you, it's coming right around the corner. But maybe, just maybe, if you wait in the season that you're in right now for the right job instead of trying to kick doors down to get the job you think you need, maybe the job that he has for you is the right job. Maybe we need to stop kicking doors down in the season and just dwell in the, the room that we're in. Some of us, as believers, I do it often. I want to kick a door down instead of letting him open up a door. You know when you kick a door down? Has anybody ever kicked a door down? No, just me. Awesome. College, really bad experience, but I did. it. paid a lot of money for the door. Thank you for that, Alvet. We had a dare, and all of our buddies were like, it's a big door. This dorm called Chapman. Very strong doors. And they're like, nobody can kick that door down. I was like, yeah, you want to bet? I'll kick that door down. And I ran full speed and kicked that door down as hard as I could. His foot went through the door, and now I'm stuck in the middle of the door, in between the door and outside. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, literally, through the door, foot stuck. Like, guys, get me out of here, please. This is really bad. But how many of you know, when I went to kick that door, there was debris splattered everywhere. Everywhere. There was wood everywhere. See, when we try to kick doors down, (laughs) there's debris There's debris in our lives that happen. When we despise, there's debris. When we don't dwell and we just sit in the room and we try to kick and we try to push and we try to move stuff forward without it opening up for us, how many of you know if you kick a door down, there's going to be a lot of stuff in front of you that you got to walk over? Not nice stuff, not good stuff, debris. But instead of despising it, if we just dwelled in it and let God open up the door for the next season of our life, let God open up the future that he has for us, let God open up the plans that he has for us, guess what happens? Clear path. Does that make sense? Makes sense in my head. If we just allow God to open up some doors for us, if we just waited for him to open up those doors instead of kicking them down, I tell you, the doorway and the path that you're going to walk in, you're going to want to dwell in that. You're going to want to sit in that. You're not going to despise God. Because when he opens up a door, no man can shut it. But in the season of life that you're in right now, are you embracing it? Are you dwelling in it? Are you despising it? Like, man, God, you don't know what's up. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the pain that I'm in. You don't know the sorrow that I'm in. You don't know the financial situation that I'm in today. You don't know the struggle. You don't know the test in my money. You don't know it. And he's sitting there going, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do you trust me enough? Do you trust me enough, JP, to just stay put for a second, to hold tight for a second, to grow in me for a second, to get equipped by me for a little bit more? Do you trust me enough? See, if we despise it and we get out too early, 
There's going to be some debris. There's going to be some stuff there that we should never have had in front of us. Are you despising it? Are you dwelling in it? Second thing is this. Sow into the right things to receive the lasting things. God will not be mocked, it says. He says, invest in him and not the flesh, and the blessing will come at the proper time. The proper time. See, it says, Paul writes it. You read it. You want me to read it again? It says this. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. I mean, that's pretty clear. Anybody else need a clear? I, I'm pretty dumb. So when I read that, I'm like, yeah, I, clear as day. Got it. Yep, good. If in the season of embracing the season I'm in right now, maybe the, the season that I walk through at times, if I start to feed my flesh debris, destruction, if I start to sow into the things, the lasting things, the things of the Spirit of God, great things are ahead for me. God cannot be mocked, it says. So if we're trying to sit in a season, we're like, God, we love you. My heart's abandoned to you. Have your way, God. And you're out doing whatever you want to do. You're not sowing into the things of God. You're not making decisions of the flesh. You're not sowing into the everlasting kingdom of God. See, sowing means to place or throw seeds in or on the ground for future growth to happen. That's what sowing means. See what it says there, future? (laughs) That word stuck out at me, jumped out at me. It doesn't say for right now. You don't just sow something and it happens right then. No, you're sowing stuff, you're sowing stuff, you're sowing stuff, so that your future, the things that God has in store for you, will be the right things, the kingdom things, the never-ending thing. Is this making sense to y'all? See, we're either going to sow into the right things, or we're going to sow into the wrong things, and the wrong things are going to lead us to destruction. So what are you sowing into? What are you putting your time to? What am I putting my time to? What am I putting my, my ears to? What am I listening to? Man, today... There's some trash out there. Man, I was scrolling through, Rachel and I, when we drive in the car, and we oftentimes turn on Spotify, and we start to scroll through the playlist of, of the songs, like the top 50, the top 100, all this stuff, right? And I was going through some of these songs like, what? Like, I turned them on, listen to them, forgive me, the Lord forgave me, and I was listening to them, and I was like, I'm not legalistic, right? I'm not about that, but I was listening to some of the stuff, and I was like, man, people are listening to this garbage? Bad and bougie, what the mess? That's a song's name. I turned it on for five seconds, and I was listening, and I was like, man, raindrops. Like, what is happening? This is literally, no, 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 we can all laugh, because it's a funny song. Trust me, I've listened to it before. But I'm listening to this going, this is the nonsense that's coming into people's ears, and it's sowing into their hearts. Drake, fake love? I mean, I, could go, I was like going through this like heartbroken. Heartbroken. Because people are sowing their time and energy into this stuff. The movies that are out today, the trash that's out today, I was going through like, man, what is this? I would not, I'd say, I talk to a lot of high school kids a lot. They let me, I don't know why. But I tell them I would never want to be a high school kid today. High school for me was hard. I would never want to be a high school kid today. 
But you know what's crazy about it? I don't want to be an adult today. <laughs> I don't. The trash that we get, the trash that comes at us, the things that are hitting us. See, we have to make such a clear definition and decision in our hearts to say, no, I don't want that. I don't need that. I don't desire that. Those things are not going to last. Maybe we just need to hear that because maybe I believe you guys are family. And I, my prayer, Rachel and I pray, we've prayed it all week, is that our church would start to dig deep roots. To start really go deep. It's cool to come in here and sing some songs and get a good word and walk out of here and go, yep, live like, fill in the blank. I almost said a but how about we live to please God? How about we dig roots deep? How about we sow some stuff into the ground that's going to take deep roots that's never going to fail us? I said it a few weeks ago. Drake ain't going to pay your bills. Stop paying for his music. The movie screens, the things that you go pay all this money to go watch, they're not going to be there when you're on your deathbed. They're not going to be greeting you at the heaven's gates going, well done. But think about that. Oh, I'm going hard right now. I'm sorry. Just think about that for a minute. Dwell on that. They're not going to be the ones saying, you did good. You sowed into the right things. You didn't do it all perfect. You all hear that? Say, Put your hands up. Say, you heard me. I say that. This isn't a perfect church. No one's perfect in this room. Sure as heck not perfect. You do not have a perfect pastor. You all can praise God for that. But you know what I desire? I desire to dig deep roots. I desire to get after God every single day. I desire to fill my head and my heart with the things that aren't going to fail us. So you want to sow into the right things or you want to sow in the wrong things? Oh, sorry. Everyone's like, small crowd, probably not the right sermon to do this as. No, I really think it is, though. Because you guys being here on Mother's Day at a 6 p.m. service, I think you want to grow deep with God. You want to put deep roots. You want to know more of his kingdom. You want to know more of who he is. You want to know more of his heart. But it's your decision. It's your decision. Your, your, your time with him is precious. Your time on earth is precious. We are not promised tomorrow. We're not. So for me, living off of that mindset, I want to sow in the things of right now. I want to sow into God's kingdom right here, right now. The last thing is this. Jordan's going to come up and play. Dig deep. Quitting's not an option. In this season, if you decide to embrace it, you're going to have to dig deep because quitting's not an option. Quitting's not an option. In verse 9, it says this in a different translation. It says this, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. <laughs> At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. So let us not allow ourselves to get to fatigue doing good, sowing into the good things, giving our time and energy to the right things. Don't get tired of it. Because quitting's not an option. That's what Paul says. In this season of life, if you choose to sow into the good things, don't quit because guess what? There's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of voices. There's going to be a lot of things that are telling you, stop investing into that. Come join us over here. Come be over here. But you have to have the confidence and the assurance that, no, this kingdom, 
the love that I've received, the love that the Father pours out on me, I want to dig, I want to plant here. I want to stay in the season that he has me, no matter how hard it is, no matter how weary it is. I want to stay right here. Even though other people are going to be like, yo, that's wasting your time. That's a joke. Heaven's not real. Just forget about it. No. (laughs) I know the love. I know the assurance when I get out of bed every morning. I know the peace when I'm walking through some trials. You know, there was a time, and I contemplated sharing this, but I'm going to because we're family. Right when I got saved, you know, I, I, many of you know this, I was wild. I was, whew. Some of you are like, well, you don't know how wild I am. Okay. But, man, I was, I was drinking four or five nights a week, going to school, playing soccer, just wild, reckless, living my life for me. What can I get out of this life? And the Lord grabbed my heart one day. And in that moment, I never experienced love like that. From no person, no, my parents, nothing. My parents loved me. I didn't come from a poor home or nothing like that. My parents loved me to death. But that moment was so real and so tangible. I was like, my God, I'm yours. I'm here. And, you know, I, I just started, and I said to you guys, I'm not a perfect pastor. I just, I just made a decision, though, like, hey, you know what, God? I'll dig deep roots. I'll make the decision to choose the right things. may not be perfect, but I'll choose to do the right things, even though everyone else is telling me to quit. You know, after I got saved and I gave my life to Jesus, I started to separate myself from some things, because you know that needs to happen sometimes. You may need to separate some stuff in this season of waiting. You may need to just say, you know what, I don't need that right now. You know, the hardest thing for me was is I had to tell my buddies, my bros, my best friends, hey, fellas, I, I can't keep drinking with y'all. My life's a mess. I have no money. I have nothing else going for me right now. The only thing I really have is school. And oh, by the way, soccer, yeah, that was gone. I blew my ankle out three weeks into the season. So I had nothing. And I had to look at those guys and I had to say, I'm done. Let me just tell you something. One of them I stood up in his wedding three months prior. I was his best man. Best man. He didn't speak to me for a year and a half. Said some lovely things to me as I walked out the room. Really not lovely at all. And I didn't speak to him for a year and a half. Do you know how many times sitting over here as I was sowing and I was just trying to get the word in me and as I was trying to get God's spirit more in me as I was, as I was growing? You know how many times the, the voices in my head were like, go back. Go back. Just go back to that time. Go back to those relationships. You're a Christian. Yeah, you can hang with them. You can do those things. But just go back because that's easier. They won't be upset at you anymore. They won't think less of you anymore. They won't be mad at you anymore. But you know what? A year and a half later, I get a phone call. (laughs) I'm not perfect. Get a phone call. Don't know the number. Hey, what's up? Hey, man, it's (laughs) so-and-so. You know when you get one of those phone calls, you're like, like, mouth opens, like, you got the right number? That's what I said to him. "You, You sure you wanted to call me? He's like, yeah, man, I wanted to call you. And he's shaking. I can hear it in his voice. He's, I'm sorry. I want what you have. My life's a mess. My marriage is a mess. I'm broken. I want what you have. I didn't save that dude. I prayed with him over the phone. I had that opportunity to love on him. We're good friends to this day. 
His wife and him have an amazing marriage, a blessed marriage. They're serving in a church. I didn't save him. Don't hear me on that. But I said, you know what? I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to put roots in the ground. I'm going to sow into the right thing so that the future, my future, but guess what? You know what my whole future's calling is? To see those around me rise up into what they're called to do. So I said, you know what, God? If I'm going to dig roots here and you're going to save that kid, it's worth it. And he did it. Imagine how many phone calls you guys could get. Imagine how many people could look to you like, man, you're walking through this season. It's tough. But you're walking through it with joy and with peace and with endurance and with grace. Why? Oh, I'm with Jesus. He's got my back. He's got my in front of me. He's got my sides. I think as a church, I, I know we're going to close here. I just... What are we embracing? Are we fighting this season? Are we fighting the stuff that God's trying to do right now in your lives? Are we fighting it or are we going to embrace it as hard as it may be? Are we going to embrace his love? Because in every season, no matter how many it changes, faith and hope and love still remain.